Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KCCZLP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and you're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schisler. I'm your host. I'm also a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Thank you for joining us today. I think we put together another good show for you. In fact, some people might even say great. How about that? Pat myself on the back real fast on that one. We're coming to you live from downtown Conroe, Texas, which is located, if you don't know, in Montgomery County. Conroe is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, kind of goes back and forth over the last few years, growing cities in America. It's amazing what's happening here. The growth is all around you. In fact, on my way to the studio today, I had to stop and wait because they took the road down to one lane because they're increasing the size of the road. That's happening everywhere. So, And that was out in the country on a farm-to-market road. So we're in a place that we see business happening, but we recognize that other places in our country might not be as fortunate. So we try to touch on topics from time to time that uh, – that relate to that. And one of those topics I'm going to touch on right now, uh, been talking about this all year, uh, where's the recession? You know, I love it. Last fall, we begin to hear noise from different people, different organizations. Boy, a recession's coming. It's going to be a bad recession. And, and then they pass, what, a $1 trillion bill uh, in Congress and spend more money, which common sense and basic economic theory says, well, that's got a real potential to really make things worse one way or the other, particularly inflation. And inflation, recession, boy, those words can eat up a small business. There's no doubt about it. Where's the recession? Well, I love it. Over the weekend, I read a couple articles. Of course, these were from the, the, the big guys in New York and Chicago, and now they call it a rolling recession. I still haven't caught on to what a rolling recession, other than it rolls across the country. So what are you, what are you going to do? And we talk about that, and I'm going to touch on something later in the program, one of my topics, uh, question for the day. We'll touch on that directly. Uh, I believe the recession is not rolling. It's hiding in plain sight. It's affecting us. It has to because we buy products and services that are directly impacted, both as consumers and as businesses that come from all over the country, all over the world. A lot of times we don't know where it comes from. And if they're in a recession or they're facing uncontrollable or high inflation, the price of their product, the delivery. Remember the supply chain issues? They're still out there if you look for them. They're still happening to small businesses. There's no doubt about it. The thing that I get to, that I find interesting, though, and this is just a personal note, we've got a labor force, particularly in this area, and I know other areas of the country, you can't find good people. I mean, unemployment is down nationally, though it's up. It just doesn't make sense to me. But the key thing for all of us, I believe, is where's your revenue? 
Is it up? Is it down? And there are even people here in the fastest growing city in America. Their revenue is under pressure. It's, it's dropped, not just during the pandemic, but there's still other businesses continue to grow. I work with a CEO roundtable and every one of our members, which could be why they're the people at the table, uh, their businesses continue to grow primarily at double digits. So it's, it's kind of a uh, favored uh, person in these things. You get the favor of having a particular business, particular industry, and you seem to be doing okay. But the key is it's a new game in town. Recession now is kind of like one of those whack-a-mole things. It pops up here, it pops up there, and you try to quash it and it'll pop up somewhere else. So it's very localized. Well, the impact of recession like inflation and all these other things, impacts different communities, different different areas, different industries, different products, services, always different. And that's a matter of degree. Here, you've got one place, like here in Conroe, where it doesn't, you don't even find it anywhere. You don't see it. It's not anywhere out there, except the occasional business that may be impacted because their industry is being impacted. But other parts of the country, all the businesses in town are affected, or some of them. It's just interesting how it's playing out. And I personally believe the main culprit is we're plugged into an international economy. We're in a world economy. And our buying of goods and services, supplies and things is so impacted by what's going on in the rest of the world. If you don't believe me, hold on. The Saudis just announced a million barrel cut in the price of oil. Watch your gas pump in your local area over the next few weeks and see if that doesn't have an impact. Well, the weekly business hour, as I try to tell you each week, is where Montgomery County and businesses, in fact, throughout the world now come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve their business, and be part of conversations that we believe can make a real difference in your business even today. So again, we thank you for being with us, and we appreciate their, your contribution. Along those lines, if you hear or see something, since we're in a video cast as well, that you would like to comment on, a suggestion for the show, or you've got a particular business challenge that's personal to you and your business, please send me an email. I love to get the emails. We do. We go to that email bag or mailbag, as we call it from time to time, and pull out one of those inquiries about your business challenges and talk about it on the air. It's real simple. Just send me an email right here to the station, Lone Star Community Radio, at rick, R-I-C-K, at irlonestar.com. That's rick at irlonestar.com. And before I forget, if you want to watch us, uh, Alan and I are here today. You can see our faces as we talk. Uh, it's available live right now on Facebook and YouTube Live. Just go to the Weekly Business Hour page, and you can click on it and watch as well as listen to the program. I invite you to do so. It's amazing how many listeners that we have each week that watch us on Facebook Live. Well, let's get rolling with the program today. Enough of that introduction. Uh, we have a very, very special guest. He's a return guest, but he's wearing a different hat today. He's in a different business today. Uh, in a business, frankly, it appears he's been in all his life, and we didn't know it. So we're going to have a reveal today. What do you think? I want to welcome Alan Crosby. He's the owner of Living Images Photography. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here, Rich. Well, we're going to talk about photography. The last time you were here, we talked about remodeling, yeah. home remodeling, <laughs> and a business that you and your son were working on. And uh, you just informed me, unfortunately, that business took a real 
hit during the pandemic and your son has decided to seek other hopefully greener pastures. Mm -hmm. So you reverted to something based on your background that you sent me that you've had a passion for for a lot of years, and that's photography. Tell us a little bit about your business journey. Well, you know, photography's always been a passion. Um, It started back when I was in college as a hobbyist and just playing around with it. I've, you know, showed a lot of my work to friends and so forth. And, of course, you know, I... Kids in college, you know, I'm getting married this weekend. Would you do my wedding photography? Or could you take a portrait for me so I can send it back to my parents? Things of that nature. And I was working at a camera store at the time, and a friend of mine that worked there also worked at a local studio. And uh, he said, do you, do you mind if I show some of your work to my boss? And I'm like, no, that's fine. And before I knew it, I was working doing freelance wedding photography for about four different studios in the city. And it grew from there as... A lot of young people do, you know, things stop being fun and they start being work. And so I dropped it for a while. But a number of years ago, back uh, probably 2004, I picked it up again and began to work at it on a professional level, doing weddings, doing a lot of modeling work and things of that nature. But a lot of what I've done in the last 20 years is more, uh, has been focused more on, um, you know, wildlife photography, shoreline photography, nature photography, landscape, and things of that nature. But uh, that's, that's been a real passion of mine. And, and moving into semi-retirement, I was looking for something that I could do that would give back you know, to the community and to the public of what I saw and, and carry on my passions. Photography, I mean, there's a lot of hobbyists out there. That mm-hmm. industry went through a major shift or still going through it, I guess, oh, from yeah. film to digital, mm-hmm. uh, opening new doors, and even digital now starting to... Uh, with mirrorless cameras. I mean, there's all kinds of things going on. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, our iPhones or our (laughs) cell phones all have these cameras. Uh, This one's kind of old-fashioned. It only has two lenses. New ones have three lenses. Uh, Uh, And I took a picture on here the other day of my grandson fishing. I said, my God, that's a pretty darn good quality, the focus Mm -hmm. and everything. And I didn't do anything but snap it. You know, lots of things going on in the world of photography. You chose photography uh, because why? It was your passion. I mean, but now you're turning it into a business, or you have had it as a business. Yeah, I, have actually, I actually owned my studio for uh, a studio for a number of years uh, in the Clear Lake area, and doing you know uh, portraits, headshots, you know, traditional professional work. I've also had some of my artistic work in a couple of different galleries. But you mentioned the transition. Actually, this is the second transition that has happened because if you think back to the you know, years of the Renaissance and so forth, painters like, for example, Velazquez and Rembrandt, they were painting images that looked lifelike and realistic. And you could reach out and touch them. They looked like your neighbors. But when the camera was invented, the camera started capturing images that they were painting. So the surrealists began to venture in and began to paint things that people couldn't see. You know, people like Van Gogh and Miro and some of those began the abstract form of painting that we see now in a lot of ways, things that the eye couldn't capture necessarily, but the mind could. The same thing has happened uh, a second phase now where, you know, you had professional photographers that did all the work now everybody, like you said, has got a camera on their phone. And everybody, you know, perceives themselves as being able to take a good photograph because they have a good camera. 
Well, that's like saying I'm a great chef because I have a good stove. But it's the idea. It's not the, the mechanics. It's the actual eye that makes the difference. Some of the best photographs were captured by Ansel Adams in an old box you know, camera of photographing Yosemite. So it's not the actual camera itself, although we can take some great photos. It's the eye of the, the photographer who can visualize and see things that other people can't see. Which is just like the artist who paints or sculpts or some other form of expression. Exactly. They see something that you and I, as you say, we don't see it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting observation by you and the fact that photography, again, professional photography, uh, requires that. I mean, and mm -hmm. I guess if you're a hobbyist and you're trying, which it's all about improving your eye, <laughs> right? I mean, it is, just being able to see it. And the only time people really hire a professional photographer now is to go out and take photos that they can't do for themselves, uh, like a wedding. And you have to, you know, you can't take the photos and be in the photos at the same time easily. And if you're going to take those photos, you need to get them right the first time. Now you've got all kinds of things that can you can do after the fact. You can open people's eyes. You can put a smile on their face. Artificial intelligence is going to actually change that. You know, what's the next phase? Uh, are we going to have holodecks like they do on Star Trek? <laughs> They'll be able to do holographic images. And so it's going to be interesting to see, to see where it goes. But... For me, you know, I, my, my lifetime is finite, and I wanted to take my body of work and put it in a form that could pass on a legacy so that people could have a, a remembrance of what I did while I was here. Right. Well, that, that's typically a goal of most people. What is my legacy? How do I leave it? What form is it? Is it written? Is it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting. Back up for a second with okay. me. A lot of folks don't realize because you know we're here talking about business mm -hmm. and a professional photography is a business it's a professional business right like uh, lawyers doctors architects mm -hmm. engineers they're professionals and a photographer is a professional there are a lot of different kinds of photography out mm -hmm. there professional Certainly. share share kind of a quick list with our listeners so they I mean they mm -hmm. may know it but they may not well, you know, professional photography, you know, ranges everything from commercial photography where people are taking photographs of a business buildings, uh, maybe a plant of some type or even uh, parts that are being shipped out that, you know, you go on the Internet, you see photographs of all everything you want to buy. So somebody has to photograph that item. So there, there's the commercial side. There's also the portrait side where people, you know, they need headshots, they need a professional portrait, they want a family portrait of some type, and they want it to come out great with, with brilliant color, brilliant clarity. Then you also have uh, wedding photography. You know, I cut my teeth doing a lot of wedding photography, and I try. when I went back into wedding photography, the weddings went from like, you know, a three or four hour wedding session to now the average wedding starts in the middle of the day and ends at the middle of the night. It's 12 <laughs> hours on your feet, you know, and, you know, the older I get, the less I'm inclined to, to do any type of that type of work. But it's a high demand, and people, you have to have somebody who can get it right the first time. And, you know, what happens when, you know, you're halfway through the wedding and you drop your camera? Do you have backup material, you know, equipment? Do you have more than one photographer who's taking more than one angle? 
So there's there's a lot that actually goes into that, the professional side of it. That's interesting. And then you have your your wildlife, nature, mm -hmm. uh, fine art photography, which is a field I really love to see what people are able to create with a camera. It is, and now with a camera, you can actually do almost as much after the fact with the digital capabilities as you could before. I remember one of the popular things when I was doing portrait photography when I first began using 35 millimeter film was doing a portrait and maybe having a, a silhouette of another person up in the corner. You probably remember that face. And the only way you could do that without overlaying two negatives was to take the photograph, roll the film back to the exact spot, which is not easy to do, and take a second exposure on the same negative. And so, you know, now you can do that very easily digitally. So a lot of things, I had to relearn photography in a lot of different ways. Well, and in, in, in the creativity part as well. I mean, geez, mm -hmm. but that brings me to a question. I mean, every okay. business uh, has challenges, uh, but also has tools to meet those challenges. Mm -hmm. And in photography, one of the things that always interested me is I consider it almost an ethical challenge of, okay, I took the picture. Now I'm going to go put it in and use some software like Photoshop, mm -hmm. and I will completely or have the capability of completely altering the picture. Mm -hmm. Where's the getting on and getting off? I mean, mm -hmm. to me, that's taking the picture and just developing it more or less as it was taken. That image that I saw mm -hmm. is one thing, is one kind of photography. To me, when you go to Photoshop mm -hmm. and recreate it, uh, you know, take somebody out of the photo or whatever. Is yeah. there a getting on and getting off point there, or is it just accepted it's all in one big pot? You know, to me, it's more of an, uh, and this is a personal view, it's more of an ethical thing. Right. You know, where do I draw the line saying this is a, something that I created or something that a computer created? And there are times that, you know, I don't mind, uh, you know, graphically enhancing something to the point that it, it enhances the color, brings it out a little more clearly, uh, brightens it up something, crop it differently, uh, you know, things of that nature, but I don't like to change it extreme, do extreme changes. I've, I've done a few that have been, I've used filters on and so forth just to enhance the photo. Um, I did one, <laughs> I remember when I was in Southern California, and I, it's in the book that I'm doing, uh, I did a, was out on the uh, the beach with all the cliffs and the sunshine and, you know, sun was going down and, you know, the sun was shining through the water spray as the, as the water was crashing on the rocks. And I was trying to catch that, you know, that luminescent glow of the water. I was about 200 yards away from a, a, a cropping of rocks. And I caught a photograph and I said, this is going to be great. And when I got it back home and I got it on the screen, what I didn't see when I snapped the photo was that about another 200 yards behind that spray of water was also... Uh, another cliff with a small cave and in that small little cutout cave of the cliff was a uh, let's say that it was a couple in an amorous moment <laughs> and to you know keep the photo PG rated I did go in and edit out you know that you know those two people out of the scene but you know other than that I try to keep it as close to the original as I as I can right that's a great story uh, and that is one thing when you take a picture to to take in everything right <laughs> to, I mean because I know and I do I'm a, a, 
a hobbyist. I don't even know if I've qualified as that, but to see that whole thing and what's through the range of the view and mm-hmm. it's you, you you don't see everything many times because exactly. then you sit down and look at it, uh-huh. blow it up a little bit, and right, wow, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Some things. So I get that. I obviously probably a really good call to take that out. <laughs> Alan, believe it or not, we're to the point we need to take a break, commercial okay. break for the station and give credit to our sponsors. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you'll stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Alan's new business or a, kind of a, a shift in a way to maintain or create his legacy. And uh, I think you'll be very interested on what he's done. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Statistics show that one out of every six Texans struggles with food insecurity and hunger. And many people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables every day. The Better Living for Texans program is here to help you learn how to make healthy menu choices, save money at the grocery store, prepare quick and delicious meals, get more good nutrition in your day, and get more physical activity. Classes are fun, friendly, interactive, and free, and taught in English and Spanish. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hey y'all, it's DJ Mike from Dance Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schistler. I'm your host. And we've been having what I think is a real fun but helpful conversation with Alan Crosby about the field of photography and how it is a business. Very interesting. Lots of tools, lots of options. And we're going to kind of shift to what I call an option and something that Alan creatively has got a new tool in his toolbox, so to speak, and that's taking photography and putting it into a book. Uh, a book about photographs. Now, before you, before you turn the dial, it's not boring. It's a very interesting concept. So we're going to spend the next few minutes talking about, because I look at this as a way to transition your business. Mm-hmm. As Alan has shared with us, you know, semi-retirement transition times here. Mm-hmm. And this is a way that every business has these options. Mm-hmm. They're all a little bit different, but there are ways to transition your business. And I want to listen and hear and have a conversation with Alan to see how it's going for him in transitioning his business, so to speak. So, Alan, you're creating a lasting legacy, uh, something you mentioned earlier, alluded to, to something that will be there when you're gone, and that is a book. Talk to us about how you came up with the idea of taking your photography and putting it in a print form and binding it together. Talk to us and tell us about this option you've created. Well, it started about a year, uh, actually more than a year ago, uh, probably two or three years ago, 
and it, it, this is a kind of a prequel to the book we're talking about. Um, but I had heard a lot of friends talking about, you know, when I get re- get close to retirement or when I retire, you know, I'm going to move to Costa Rica and, and live up my retirement. I'm going to move to Panama or Portugal or wherever around the world, and that's where I'm going to spend my retirement years. And and I lived, I actually lived in Madrid, Spain for about 10 years and raised my family there. And I knew what it was like to go to a place you'd never been before and not just go there for a vacation for a couple of weeks, but to live there, to have to survive, learn a new language, adapt to a new lifestyle, adapt to, you know, different way of life, uh, new foods, new government, you know, the whole nine yards. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, these people have no idea what they're about to get into. And it dawned on me to actually put it down into words. I'd never thought about writing a book before. And so I wrote a book about our experiences and all the good and the bad and the ugly that happened. In fact, we, I entitled it uh, The Allure of, uh, the, the Romantic Lure of Living Abroad, the, the Fantasy Versus the Reality, still available on Amazon. And uh, it's a short little book, but it describes and goes through all the experiences that people go through as they adapt to a new culture. And, uh, you know, it, it was focused to a particular crowd. So, like I like to say, I, you know, there are tens of copies in circulation out there now <laughs> of that particular book. But, you know, within the last year, I got to thinking, you know, I'm, I'd like to do another book. But I couldn't figure out really what I wanted to do. And then it dawned on me, I've got all this, you know, immense volume of photo, photo, great photography that I've done. And I've had it in galleries before, and you put something in a gallery and it sits there for six months and nobody buys anything. And I'm thinking, this is a way to put it in the hands of anybody who wants it, to be able to guard and, and have it and put it, I'm putting it into the form of a coffee table book. And it will be actually, this particular book will be the first in a series of coffee table books. And so I'll be doing you know, more as time goes on. Well, that's interesting, and, and and that's a great story. How you basically you did the book, right? You mm-hmm. you you've been through that process, mm-hmm. but in turn, you've taken again. I think it's so neat to take what you've done, what you're good at, mm-hmm. right, and then be able to take it and do something else. Uh, it it makes for a neat transition, and I contend that every business pretty much out there, even if I'm a plumber, electrician, there are things I can do mm-hmm. when I want to make that transition. Right. I mean, I can sell my business, and we talk about that a lot, exit mm-hmm. strategy. But there are things you can do as an electrician to transition your business. For an example, we had a good friend uh, some years ago, and a guy who did some work, and he had a, a business, electrical business, mm-hmm. had service trucks, had everything. And then he sold it, but he wanted to keep being an electrician. Mm-hmm. So he just went in the neighborhood and let everybody know he was available. Uh, <laughs> and he became the neighborhood go-to Great. guy. Yeah. And everybody knew him. Mm-hmm. He'd have a cup of coffee. I bumped into him at a donut shop down the street one day. And right. you just chat. He was your friend. Mm-hmm. But he got a chance to keep doing what he loved to do. He transitioned right. uh, and used his skills. And he had mm-hmm. his license. And I always thought that was interesting. And then he went on and bought uh, buildings that needed some work, uh, mm-hmm. office warehouses, things like that and uh, refurbished them and rented them out. And he says, now when I stop being an electrician, then I have a source of income. Mm. But he used his skills as an electrician and ability to do other work right. to refurbish those buildings. Well, you talked to a, a few minutes ago about how things transitioned in photography. 
you and I probably come from close to the same era. I, you know, my experience in photography when I was a child was a big box in my mother's closet that had this huge collection of photographs from who knows when back in the, you know, all the way back to the 1900s, early 1900s. And you would sit there and go through it. Who is this, Mom? Who is this? And you go through a family history, and it was like a browsing through your own museum, so to speak. Now, how many prints actually, or how many photographs actually make it to print that you take as a person, or hundreds on your phone? And if something were to happen to me, God forbid, you know, one day it will, but my computer, my phone, all of that's going to be disappear into a digital, you know, some type of digital hole and not be retrieved. But to put it in this form gives you the opportunity to, to create a legacy that will live well beyond your years. I remember the little black and white photos from Kodak with the scalloped edges, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. Or they were in a little book. Exactly. You know, a little folder with a yellow... Anyway, so yeah, uh -huh. that's that's how you got history. Because hopefully mm -hmm. you got a story. Because the face didn't mean anything to you, but when you said, sure. who's that? And then they would tell you the story about Aunt Emma or whatever and who they were. And it was, yeah, I enjoyed that that opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the book a little bit more and okay. how you go about it. I mean, you're taking your skill set. We've talked about that, you're taking your passion. Now you're going to extend that and uh, coffee. Uh, table book series. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one uh, is entitled it's called Seascapes. Seascapes. Okay, and that's obvious what that might be. Mm -hmm. It is actually a collection of work in and around the ocean or waterfronts. Uh, you know, I lived in uh, Clear Lake for uh, about 20 years. Uh, during that period of time, I took a short jaunt to and worked in Southern California for about three years and gave me exposure to the West Coast. Uh, actually, uh, for about three years in when I lived in Clear Lake, I actually lived on my boat. So I actually lived on the water in on Clear Lake and uh, have lived in Galveston as well. So it, it comes from that area of experience and the collection of, of images from that time. So it's living experience is what it is. Exactly. Did you ever make it to the Atlantic? I'm just curious. To the Atlant I've been to the Atlantic, but I mean, never as far lived as there. living, yeah. No, never lived there. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's interesting. They're all different, right? The the land, the seascapes, very, and all of them. Very. The opportunity to photograph. What are some of the things you're going to be offering in the future, just so people get an, an, an idea? You got the seascapes book. You mm -hmm. mentioned it was part of a series. Yes. What will the next books potentially look uh, like? I don't know exactly what order they will be in, but the, the one of the things that I'm focusing on is uh, the given my background in Spanish history lived in you know living in Spain are the Spanish missions of Texas uh, some of us when you think of the Spanish missions, you think of the Alamo of course but there in San Antonio alone there are six Spanish missions if you go down the mission old mission right. trail uh, they date back to the earliest times that Spaniards were here the explorers were here in in the state but in the state of Texas there are over 150 Spanish missions oh wow some of them were destroyed. You can go to the site where they were, but you, there's no structure that's there. But there are over 150 Spanish missions that were established in the state. Um, also would like to do one on West Texas. I graduated high school in uh, Northwest Texas on farming or uh, ranching territory. I had 35 people in my class, uh, you know, very small community. My brother still lives there. Oh, he's a rancher. 
I want to go back and capture the images that that are what compose the the West as it's still with us. And there's a lot there that people are still doing on a you know on a very uh, on a routine basis that's been done the same exact way for hundreds of years. Right. So I want to go back and capture that as well as uh, do some extensive travel, uh, maybe even going back to Spain again. Uh, I took a lot of photographs when I was there, but they're all on. 35 millimeter slides and that doesn't make a great photograph so I want to recapture some of that maybe spend a year or so there but uh, those are the that's the plan for the next books and perhaps do about one a year you know it's I'm, I'm listening to you and the way you've put this together and again an encouragement to any one of our listeners that owns a business to consider this if you know some people just want to as you mentioned they want to move to Costa Rica and they retire mm-hmm. and I get that, that I mean to me when you've built a business and you sell the business, the choice is yours. Mm-hmm. But then there are those of us who are still wanting to extend what they've developed mm-hmm. or learned and, and share it and all that. Right. We have a guest that he comes on the show once or twice a year, Hank Moore. And, and Hank started out in radio when he was 10 or 11 years old there in Austin. Wow. Uh, with the Johnson family, LBJ's family had a, bought a radio station. And he just happened to offer, and he came in sweeping floors, and then they put him on the radio <laughs> as a true disc jockey for an hour. And oh, wow. So it went from there, and he became a well-known uh, disc jockey And when the rock and roll and all that was coming. And he's had met everybody you can think of, uh, mm. Elvis, the Beatles, MC shows. But then what he's done, and then he became, a, he worked uh, as he went to college one and ended up being an international business consultant who, with lots of contacts because he stayed close to the family. So what he did, he's written a series of books, and that's where I'm going with this long story. <laughs> and it's interesting. So he's written six or seven, I, I know I'll get the number on, business books. Mm. And they're about different phases of business, and they're geared towards any type of business, corporate, big company, small company. But they're a series, and I have this thing about your series. And now he's done a one, and he's on his second book of pop music mm. legends and talking about that industry and individuals. Well, he's, he's been nominated seven, no, it's eight times now, I think I got it wrong last time, for Pulitzer Prizes on wow. these books as he's written them. Mm-hmm. And so he has, like you, turned his life, his history, mm-hmm. into uh, a series of quality books on business and other books. He's written other books that were more like MBA program in Texas used one of his books. It's not in this series, but he wrote those kind of uh uh, and he's got some great great books, those are as well, but they're more scholarly. Mm-hmm. But these series of books are so much, and they're fun when you just look at them, to read. So, And he's going to continue with the pop. I mean, he's got this plan, sounds like you, to you know keep, keep rolling that out. So people do this. Uh, well, and, you know, you were talking about, you know, photography. We were talking about the big box of photographs and how it's transitioned. You have all these photographs. A lot of people now are transitioning and even taking those photographs that they have and creating uh you know actual books you know there there are some uh, real low-end publishers out there that you know like uh, some of the you know photography websites you can actually put those in a book make a family album to give it away f- to your family for christmas and you know you, they will publish them for next to nothing or a very low cost and put them into print it's a great way to preserve those images right yeah there's lots and lots of options and again, I, I respect and admire what you're doing, what Hank does and others do mm. to take those skills, 
the neighborhood electrician and continue and have a plan though. It's not something they just fall into and uh, use it because I think that's the way it was intended to be. Well, I think the pandemic gave me a pretty good indication of the what it would be like to retire and not have anything to do. <laughs> I, I think millions probably yeah. <laughs> felt that. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. So I wanted to keep busy, wanted to keep my skills active, but at the same time I wanted to, you know, contribute and, uh, you know, do something that I could take with me, you know, when I start begin to travel and so forth that that is totally uh, portable. Right. No doubt about that. Book release. Tell us about the book itself. When's it coming out? The first uh, the book, Seascapes. Book, the book release is scheduled for the 1st of July. Um, we're actually doing a pre-sale right now on the books where someone can order the book at a lower price than it would actually be available uh, online when it actually is released. We're giving a discount to pre-sales. So if you order the book now, then you can have the book. And um, once you receive the book, it will be an autographed copy. Uh, and when you go through the book and you find an image you love, we'll include with that a free print that's suitable for framing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be, be 11 by 14 print that, you know, you can put in a frame. Uh, but that's all part of that package on the pre-sale uh, between now and July the 1st. Now, how do people take advantage of that? Where do they go? Uh, they can go to uh, my website, which is Living Images Photography and uh, uh, virtual it's a virtual gallery it's called living images photography i think it's colon a virtual gallery okay. they can go there get the information there or uh get the information directly you know if they want to email me that's fine uh i'm at living living images photography tx as in texas dot gmail okay dot com and the website, I assume, is is, is dot com. Uh, well, actually, I'm using the Facebook page as my landing page at this point. Okay, okay. So go to Facebook mm -hmm. and look up Living Pages Photography. Living Images Photography. Living images. Yes, Sorry sir. about that. No worries. <laughs> trying to work. Well, I got it written down. See, that's okay, what's important there, there to me. Go. I got it written down. Uh, well, absolutely, that's something I'm personally interested in seeing. And before we uh, sign off here and, and end our conversation today. Uh, what what type of what brand of equipment to use? I'm just curious. I actually use a a Canon Rebel EOS. I I don't use a I, you know a lot of people think like you, like I said before, the more the higher end camera I have, the greater photos it's going to take. To a degree, that's true. But the I mean these the the megapixels that are coming out today, when you can shoot at 25 and 30 megapixels or more. I can remember when we would, I, I could blow up, you know, something that would cover a wall on a photograph that was done with six megapixels. Right. So the detail and the quality that you get, again, is, is partially in the camera, but a lot of it's in the eye. Well, and the fact is now it's packaged at a point, price point that a lot of people can afford it. You can. Uh, you know, if you go into the professional level, you're going to spend several thousand dollars to get you know, two or $3,000 to get the the camera, the equipment that you, you would like. But you can start as little as less than $1,000 now. Well, you that know, four or package, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a Canon man myself. So. Yeah. So is Dick. <laughs> so anyway, Alan, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story you. of the business of professional photography. And uh, quite a surprise, the ability to extend that business in a new phase of your life. I wish you all the luck. 
and thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break, a little past the bottom of the hour, but that's great. We have a couple of things coming up for you in the second half of the show. First of all, the question of the day, where is the money? Or better said, why can't I borrow any? Uh, and then our one best consult tip of the week, we keep working on this one, tend to run out of time, lest you forget about those challenges that no one is talking about. I'm talking about small business challenges in 2023. There are several that you need to be aware of that nobody out there is talking about. So we'll try to touch on that as well today if we have the time. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Every Friday, tune into Texas Ticket on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM with Armando Nino of Go Lake Conroe, focusing on Montgomery County area events and places. Get a feel of the Texas spirit at the event, paired with guest and vendor interviews, event coverage, and ticket giveaways, and so much more. Join us Fridays and punch your Texas ticket. For more information on the show, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Texas Ticket. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org, that's C-O-R-E-L-U-V.org. Will you help defend the orphan? Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. At 936-709-7671. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schistler, and I'm proud to be your host of the program here today. Uh, I want to remind you once again, if you have a comment about the show or you have a challenge in your business, we'd love to get those uh, because that's what I do. I'm a business advisor. Uh, I actually mentor a CEO roundtable of really smart, successful business people here in the Conroe area. So send us your challenges, your comments, suggestions. Very simple. Send it to Rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. That's Rick at IRLoneStar.com. Okay, where's the money? That reminds me of that, uh, that old slogan, where's the beef? Most of us will remember that. Well, where's the money? The fact is, 
that the banks are tightening their requirements. Now, some size banks more than others. And I caught a great article this weekend that kind of capsulized a lot of it. Ruth Simon uh, writes in the Wall Street Journal, and her articles relate particularly to small business, smaller businesses. And I always find them very interesting, very to the point, lots of support uh, in statistics and facts for what she comments on. And I encourage you, if you want to follow somebody that uh, can give you an article once a week just to look over on topics that definitely have impact on your business, you may not even realize it. But what's happening with the banks, just to kind of put it all down in a small package, is we've had some big banks fail, uh, and everybody should be aware of that and the impact, and say, well, that doesn't bother me. I'm here in Conroe, Texas. But it does. It reverberates through the system. And what's happening is the banks, particularly in this case, the, the medium and local banks at this point are tightening up their lending requirements. They're tightening up the number of loans they make. And see, tightening these lending standards and requirements, uh, you can still get a loan in some cases from these banks but you're going to pay a very high price. And that was one thing I was really surprised. Some of you may have known it. I felt kind of out of touch. But over the last year, interest rates have doubled and tripled. I knew that uh, the inflation rate had gone up that much. Uh, but according to Ruth and some of the folks that she interviewed uh, for this article, people are paying 11% plus uh, for their borrowing, uh, their, letter, their line of credit, things like that operating loans, that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting. But what concerns me most for you and for everyone out there is being able to locate and find the money you need, either to expand your business or your line of credit that you draw down when business slows down. And it may have slowed down in the same months, same period of time for the same reasons for years. But still getting that line of credit is a little more difficult. Uh, there are businesses that are having their lines of credit cut back because the revenue has dipped somewhat, uh, and it's just amazing. So it becomes a situation where, one, you find it difficult to get, more difficult to get a loan. You're getting your credit lines, et cetera, cut. Uh, stricter terms are being put on you. Obviously, higher borrowing costs. The banks are making more because they're paying more for their deposits. You got longer waits to get the loans completed, and you get a lot tougher questions uh, from the banks. That is not universally true, but it is true in many areas of the country. Generally speaking, the banks are being a lot more conservative, uh, responding to the slowdown in certain businesses and their sales. The same thing applies to real estate loans. Uh, you want to expand your business, you want to build a new building, you want to build another building, you want to add on, whatever it might be. Um, there are companies now that had these plans in place because usually you don't just decide one day to go build something. You you talk about it, you think about it, you hire somebody to draw it up for you, you look at the whole picture for a period of time, a year or two, sometimes longer. Now you go to the bank and you've got it all set up. You've been you've talked to the banker before. You've been given even a, a, a price sheet, uh, you know, uh, offer sheet on the terms and this and, and you find out it doesn't apply anymore. It applied six months ago, but it doesn't apply now. The rates have gone up. The collateral's gone up. There's all kinds of things that are happening. In the article, Ms. Simon reported 
based on a release from the Federal Reserve Board in May that nearly half of the banks, all sizes, reported stricter loan standards for small business in the past three months. And more than half said they expect to tighten those lending standards further in 2023. So if you're in the market and you want to borrow money, you may need to borrow money, okay, to get through a slowdown or something. Be careful. I mean, you need to prepare as far as in advance as you can. In another survey conducted by Goldman Sachs recently, 77% of small business surveyed said, this was in April of this year, were concerned about their ability to access capital. A year earlier, it was only 23%. That's a really, really high percentage. One of the things you can do is that you may need to change your business model because you will not be able to depend on a bank to lend you that money because of all the different things. And again, they may lend it, but it's going to cost you 11% in some cases. I mean, that is an amazing number for an operating loan, a line of credit, et cetera. So these kind of things are happening. Be aware of them. Thank you to Ms. Simon for her great article she writes. And again, I encourage you, look her up, Ruth Simon. She writes for the Wall Street Journal and I'm sure other sources. Great information for us in small business. Well, the the uh, <laughs> one best consult tip of the week, one I've been trying to talk about for some time, and it was about uh, entitled, Don't Forget About the Challenges That No One Is Talking About or Lest We Forget. Lots and lots of conversation. We got this rolling recession, <laughs> uh, which I think is hidden in plain view, and we talked about that today. But there are issues out there that we as businesses, we don't hear about it, and fortunately we don't think about it, and there are issues that can make a huge difference. Uh, the number one thing is, and I encourage everyone in small business that I work with, whether it's a CEO roundtable or whether it's individuals in my work as a Silver Fox advisor, you're going to have to try your best to understand broader economic conditions. In other words, you're going to have to spend a little bit of time, 15, 20, 30 minutes, I don't know what the time frame, and read. Read Ruth Simon. Read other resources. Listen to podcasts. Try to stay up with what's going on in the economy. You don't need to take a test. You don't need to stand up in front of a crowd and give a speech on it, but you need to make sure you have a current understanding of what's going on. Federal Reserve, Month to month, everybody watches. They're going to raise interest more. Or they're going to lower it. Uh, some of this is a little too intense for me as a small business owner, but you need to be aware of things like that. Supply chain disruptions are still out there. And if you're not being impacted today, you very well could be impacted next month. Uh, they're still going on. They're not getting as much press as they used to, but look around. Look at some of the things you and your family buy. Uh, you put your ear to the ground, you're going to hear about something going on right now. Usually today, my experience in the last 6 to 12 months is price for something that you buy on a repetitive basis jumps unbelievable, 20, 30, 50%. And you wonder, what the hell's going on? It, it's not a, a unique product it's you know or service, but when you back up and you take a look at it, switch, in my case, I've tried to find alternatives, but six months later, three months later, the prices drop back. That's a supply chain disruption. It's just a message that we're given. Labor shortages, rising energy cost. Who knows where we'll go with energy costs with all this push 
related to climate change that seems totally chaotic and out of control. These are the kind of things that you need to be aware of. A second thing is finding customers when your business is not a household name. That is so important uh, of getting customers in. You need to do what you can do to optimize, to put your name out there, your website. Make sure it is the very best it can be in drawing people to it when they need your product and service. This, yes, means you need to engage a quality web designer company. There's some good companies in the market. For years, there were so many fakes, so many promised all this stuff they never could deliver. I'm talking about somebody you can get referred to, somebody somebody else has used. It's not about the prettiest website, it's what's in the background, the SEO, the ability to draw people to that. And continuing your efforts, I hope your efforts, to establish yourself as an expert in your industry. And that leads into a third one I'll talk about today, and that's brand awareness. Making people aware of your brand, building loyalty, most importantly, building customer relations, step by step by step. We've all experienced that, and I hope most, if not all of you, do it. You take steps every day, and that does doesn't mean taking a customer call with someone who's upset and you satisfy them. That's part of it, yes, but there are lots of things you can do to build a customer. Next week, I will share some of those that I've experienced that I've been told about that are simple in what you can do in your business to further build your relationships with your customers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hope you've enjoyed the program. I want to thank Alan Crosby for coming in and sharing his business journey as well as his adjustment and shift in his career and what he's doing and taking all the stuff he's done in his life and putting it to work, continuing to put it to work. Please put a note in your calendar. Next week, 11 a.m. on Monday, we'll be right here. You can find us live at IRLoneStar.com, YouTube, Facebook, we've talked about it. And a copy of today's video and audio podcast will be available in a day or two. Just go to Facebook, uh, YouTube, many other social and business sites. Type in the Weekly Business Hour and you can click and listen to our most recent program. Until next week, I encourage you as always, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary